Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. It's Congressman Jim Jordan at a press conference, of course. There has not been a speaker yet selected by the House of Representatives. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Let's take it to Congressman Jim Jordan. Breaking the sound barrier in a jet. And literally, that was the end of the tour. They put that picture down, and Polly and I start walking out. And as we're walking out that door, it hit me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why did they stop there? I represent Wapakoneta, Ohio, Allglaze County, Ohio, hometown of Neil Armstrong, who 22 years after Chuck Yeager breaks the sound barrier, steps on the moon. Stop and think about it. In 66 years, one lifetime, we went from two guys flying 100 feet to putting a man on the moon. It is a great country, a great country, the greatest country in my judgment, made up of great people. And right now, those people, I think, are starting to doubt and wonder about their government and about where our nation is headed. They see an open border. They see crime in the streets. They know what it costs to put gas in their car. They know what it costs to put food on the table. They see a war in Israel, our strongest ally, Israel, and what's happening there and the help that Israel needs. And they see a government that's been weaponized against we, the people. The very government that's supposed to serve us has been turned on the taxpayers who pay for it. I think the American people are thirsty for change. I think they are hungry for leadership. And frankly, they know that the White House can't provide it. They know the Senate won't lead. And they are looking for House Republicans to step up and lead and make change on these important issues. We've got important work to do. Important work to do. We need to help Israel. We need to get the appropriations process moving so that the key elements of our government are funded and funded in the right way, particularly our military. We need to get back to our committee work. And frankly, we need to continue the oversight work that I think is so darn important. In short, we need to get to work for the American people. We need to do what we said we were going to do. We need to do what we told them we were going to do when they elected us and put us in office. And frankly, we can't do that if the House isn't open and if the, we can't we can't open the house until we get a speaker. My favorite scripture verse is 2 Timothy 4, 7. Paul's the old guy giving advice to the young guy, Timothy. And he says, fight the good fight, finish the course, keep the faith. And I tell folks, I love that verse because of the action in it. Because of the word. Americans aren't timid folks. They are people of action. And the words in that verse, fight, finish, keep, I think, fit the American spirit. Americans expect their government to fight for them. They expect us to finish our work, and they expect us to keep faith with the principles and values that made us the greatest nation ever, made us the nation that could go from the Wright brothers to Neil Armstrong. That's what we have to keep in mind. And that's the kind of attitude I think we got to have. The quickest way to get all this working is to get a speaker elected. That's what I hope we can do today. I'll take your questions. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Good morning. So lay out your path. 
are you just going to call roll call vote after roll call vote today and tomorrow and into the weekend and try to wear your opponents down? Because it didn't seem like you stop, made any stop. progress yesterday. Well, you all said that we were going to lose between the first vote and the second vote. You all said we were going to lose 10 to 15 votes. We stayed the same. We picked up a few. We lost a few. I think the ones we lost can come back. So, uh, look, there's been multiple rounds of votes for speaker before. Um, we all know that. I just know that we need to get a speaker as soon as possible so we can get to work for the American people. Thank you, Congressman. So, just to be clear, do you plan to grind this out this weekend if you don't get the votes today? And then, secondly, President Biden, as we heard last night, is sending a $100 billion foreign aid package here you may, to Congress. You, is that something that you you're, ma you're, you're, making the, you're making the case for why we need to get the House open so we can evaluate the package. We can't do that, can't vote on that, can't pass anything in that. Uh, until we get the house open. So I got to see the package, but we certainly need to help Israel. Um, but I got to see the package. But again, we can't do that if the house isn't open. All the more reason why we need to get the house open as soon as possible. Mr. Jordan, Mr. Jordan, what do you say to the people, to the people of Israel, Prime Minister Netanyahu, that you're not able, that you're not able to provide aid to Israel because the house is so locked up? Again, I think you're making my case. I got 200 votes, the speaker designee from, from my colleagues. Um, the sooner we can get this accomplished, the better for the American people who expect us to work for them and for our friends and allies like the great state of Israel. That's Congressman Jim Jordan, who held an 8 a.m. press conference to tell a story about the home of, of Orville and Wilbur Wright, to talk about the ability of, of American progress. And to say we need a speaker, but he doesn't take himself out of the running. He doesn't put somebody else for nomination. He doesn't say to his caucus, please vote for me. It's Americans want us to do this work. We have to elect a speaker. Let's go. Was this supposed to be a pressure campaign? Is this Jim Jordan's way of trying to get the moderate Republicans to say stop screwing around and vote for me? I, he didn't say anything. He, all this buildup, uh, and actually a well-told story. I, I, we all had to come in a little bit uh, late because they started earlier than we were back on the air. But what did he, what did he do? I, why is there a press conference? As a matter of strategy, I don't know what this was supposed to I don't know what this was supposed to do. And I don't know how this changes any minds on Capitol Hill. What I do know is there'll be another vote today, as we have been told. He's done with the press conference now. Jim Jordan still sees himself as the potential next Speaker of the House. But he does not have the votes, and I don't think this presser is going to change any minds. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I'm floored by that press conference. I have... I have no idea what that was supposed to be. None. Why did Jim Jordan have a press conference? He, he didn't announce he's dropping out of the speaker's race. He doesn't announce uh, that he's, he's begging Republicans uh, to, to, to vote for him. 
Um, it, it, I don't. I don't know what just happened there. I have no idea what I'm supposed to take from that. I have no idea why that happened. None. It. 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 it I'm. I'm absolutely blown away. Tony Katz. Ninety-three WIBC. Good morning. It's it's the craziest thing I ever saw. And no, I do not believe that what we will get today is a speaker. These more moderate members are infuriated. They think that Jim Jordan's been a bully about this. And that people have been calling and leaving nasty messages. Look, a nasty message goes to the territory. Uh, threatening um, your, uh, your spouse is something different. Threatening your spouse is something different. That we can agree we don't want any part of. And I think that Jordan did put out a statement about that. I think it was in reference to that. It's calling it abhorrent. They aren't going his direction. And if they do go his direction, they want certain gimmies. And you're like, they want what? Well, yeah, like Matt Gates wanted to be able to have a motion to vacate and just throw you out. They want certain gimmies. Well, what in the world do they want? They want the deduction for salt to go up to, I believe, 20000 from 10000 Salt is state and local taxes. So under Trump, it went to 10000 That was, the I think, the maximum uh, write-off. Well, if you live in a place with high property taxes, et cetera, you just got told you got to spend more money which would be a great way to put pressure on your your city and your state to lower taxes which what you would is exactly what you would have hoped New York would do but now of course they don't lower taxes cuz it's New York and so now these these republicans in New York they need a way to make sure they stay in office so what do they do they say hey why don't we make that 20,000 then we could see our way to voting for you. So it proves something extremely important. Don't tell me that they're engaged in a conversation about principle. They're engaged in a conversation about what's in it for me. I had someone tell me, sent me a, uh, an email. I'm not going to use names, uh, you know, just because... Uh, it, it it wasn't a a a, a rude statement, uh, Tony. Your perspective that the people who voted for McCarthy uh, or who voted McCarthy out didn't have a plan has no basis. Just because no plan was advertised or you were not informed doesn't mean there was no plan. As far as we know, disruption of business as normal was the plan. From experience, a plan is only a way to know how far from the target you are. With, with all due respect, I, I I I don't think that your assessment is accurate. You're right. I may not have been told of the plan. But now that we're about to engage the third vote for speaker, which has included 
Jordan getting less votes the second time around than the first time around. Since first they voted for Scalise, before we found out Scalise couldn't even get the thing to the floor, so they went for Jordan. And in between all of this, they decided to give Patrick McHenry, the Speaker Pro Tem, more powers before a revolt amongst Republicans that almost led to a fistfight involving Matt Gates. Maybe, just maybe, they didn't have a plan. I'm just spitballing here, kitten. You're right. They didn't consult with me. By the way, if they nominate me for Speaker, I'm doing it. I'll take the hiatus, guys. I will go, and and I will do the job, and it will be fantastic because I'm going to be ruthless. Ruthless. Now, I'm telling you right now, there will still be funding for Ukraine. That's going to happen. So you got to say to me, Tony, I can't have you a speaker. But wait till you see all the other places that there won't be funding for. The appropriations bills, those are getting through, laid out individually. Obstructionist Democrats, they are going to suffer. Throwing that stuff into Chuck Schumer's face, vote for this. Stop telling me about your problems. It's a non-starter. The House did this. No, no. The House did its job for America. You do your job, you obstinate jerk. That's getting said. Every time that the Democrats say the chaos amongst the Republicans, I'm going to remind them that Rashida Tlaib is a Jew hater, Ilhan Omar is a Jew hater, Andre Carson is a Jew hater, the squad are a bunch of Jew haters. Why are there such bigots in the Democratic Party? They are disgusting. And then I'm going to move not to censure Rashida Tlaib, but to expel her. Oh, I'm going to be a fantastic speaker and wait till you catch Bourbon Fridays. I I would do beer sample Fridays, but turns out that's trademarked. So I will do bourbon Fridays. I'm going to pass around the bar cart through the halls. Everybody's going to take a sip. I'm so ready. So ready. Border, we are going to move all the conversation and all the legislation necessary to engage all the parts of the border. Policy, the wall, the other surveillance needs, border patrol, uh, how we deal with with uh, removal from the country, how do we keep people out, engaging policies with other nations who refuse to understand America's sovereignty, all of it. I'm ready, kitten. You vote for me for speaker, and my mother Diane will bake everybody in America banana bread. No other speaker can even come close to giving you that kind of treatment. Hold on. Hold on, my mother is not going to bake everybody a banana bread, but she will eat one banana bread and think of everybody. Close enough! I have no idea what's going to happen today. But I will not listen to anybody who tells me, oh, this was the plan. The plan was a disruption of business of, as normal. No, that's, 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 that's not a plan. Sorry. We can agree to disagree on this. No, wait, we can't. That's not a plan. There was no plan. And I think that's just not a way to to work. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. 
Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Dow futures down 132. NASDAQ down 81. Forget all that. The 10-year Treasury kittens right now at 4.978. Yesterday got to 4.997. I was searching. I'm like, did it crack 5%? I didn't notice. It did not. But it will. 4.997. That's living on the edge. It's going today, people. It's going to 5%. Just so we know. Now, it might have had a moment there just earlier. It doesn't seem like it had a moment yesterday. It didn't, it didn't no, uh, CNBC has it wrong. It didn't cross 5%. I'm looking, I'm looking at the chart. Looking at the chart right here. It's not that it hasn't crossed 5% before. Of course it has. It's been higher. But this is the benchmark that will then measure mortgage rates against. And mortgage rates are going to hit 10% this in 2024. You've got Raphael Bostic, who's the president of the Atlanta Federal Reserve, doesn't foresee rate cuts coming until late 2024. That's mid-2025. I... I never, ever, 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 ever take investment advice from me. Don't you dare. But am I crazy to think that I should be taking any kind of stock investments I have right now and just putting them into money markets that are paying 5%? So isn't, it, isn't that a much safer, smarter it's you you only have up you won't have the ups and downs and and after all the interest rates are not going down anytime soon doesn't that make more sense for the next year the idea of hold cash and wait it out now maybe some people would scream at me no you're talking about taking money out of the markets is a terrible t-. i'm listening just don't like what i'm seeing don't like what i'm seeing at all as for joe biden's speech last night to the nation not, not great. Now, some people want to argue that he hit tone very, very well. Um, Sure, I, I, if, if you want to make that argument, if you felt that way, I'm not going to take that from you. But I think the idea of, of pushing... The idea of of connecting Israel and Ukraine creates a real non-starter. These things must be engaged separately. And I will tell you that I expect Israel to handle this. But I expect the United States not to leave American hostages to suffer at the hands of terrorists. And I actually do expect a level of force. There was this missile that was shot down. We talked about it briefly yesterday on Tony Katz Today. It was near Yemen, where the Navy, the USS Kearney, which is a guided missile destroyer operating in the northern Red Sea, shot down three land attack cruise missiles and a series of drones that were launched by the Houthi rebels in Yemen. H-O-U-T-H-I. They are backed by Iran. It is this really maddening civil war in in Yemen, if you will, but it's a proxy war regarding Iran and Saudi Arabia. It's super dangerous. 
The question is whether or not these missiles were part of that or were they actually targeting Israel? And the U.S. intercepted an attack on Israel from Iran via Yemen because it would only be from Iran, period. I expect the United States to get its citizens back. And the president is giving very short shrift, in my view, to this hostage conversation. We have hostages. Americans are being held by this terrorist organization. Go get them. Cease fire? No, no, no. Give us back our people. Then we'll consider letting you live. People think that that is so disgusting and so despicable, and you're such a warmonger. I'm not listening to those people. Those people can't run a country. Those people can't keep you safe. And most importantly, those people guarantee you'll get killed. Now you say to me, did did Israel keep people safe? Israel screwed the pooch. People are going to lose their jobs. But you have a chance for safety and security if you get rid of Hamas once and for all. The data is there. The facts are there. What are we doing? Pretending? We're going to listen to Corey Bush tell me about ceasefires and decency? What the hell does she know about decency? Rashida Tlaib lies about Israel, wants Israel wiped off the map. Ilhan Omar is an anti-Semite. You can't get Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis to condemn Hamas. I think he had a tweet the other day that finally broaches that. How much browbeating did he have to take? They're going to tell me about decency? Nah. Nah. No. No. The way I handle Israel is different than the way I handle Ukraine, and I don't want these things married together. But nothing's going to happen until we have a speaker, and Republicans are not there, even if they vote all weekend. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Last night... I was at an event for the Mitch Daniels Leadership Foundation, where I'm a fellow, Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. And it was a fantastic uh, event, and it was Mitch Daniels interviewing Matt Painter, coach uh, Purdue basketball. And Painter's an interesting, interesting guy. I I, I don't follow much of it. I, I, I don't have an expertise in, in basketball. I've been working football. I've been getting better. Um, basketball is going to be a whole nother beast, and that's going to take a couple years to kind of really feel like I have some level of foundation. But Painter was going deep on a series of subjects. It was it was really terrific. It was impressive. Like I'm uh, I'm ready to read his book. Thoughts on leadership and things like that. It was it was excellent. But I was at this event, and a lot of people at the event. I think a lot of people surprised that I was there, even more surprised that I'm a fellow of the foundation. And and the I, I was asked a series of, of questions from, from different people, and, and this came up more than once. Is Victoria Sparks going to get back in this race? I'm here to tell you that I don't know. But if I was a betting man, if I was full Viva Las Vegas... I'd say it's 50-50. Now, she might disagree with me. There are going to be people who tell me, oh, I know Victoria, and I know what she's going to do. No, you don't. 
If you're Victoria's husband or kids, maybe you do. But the levels to which Victoria Sparts has, the congresswoman from the Indiana 5th, has made these kinds of claims. Maybe I'll stick around to upset McCarthy. Maybe I'll stick around to upset Jordan. Makes me think she doesn't want to go. In spending some time with with Congresswoman Sparts, I, I, I believe two things. A, she really doesn't mind the fight. She does not care if she's popular at all. And there is, in, in a lot of her subjects, I think a, uh, not, I, I won't call it an altruism, but rather a, a morality to the, to the fight itself. A belief system, a, a theory about how things should work and that they need to work better. I, I believe that to be true in the time I've spent with her. Um, I think that she has on these speaker votes shown a, a, a freneticness that I don't think that the 5th District so much so appreciates because it's kind of hard to follow the logic train. She's upset with McCarthy, but she'll still vote with McCarthy for McCarthy, but she'll allow the vote to vacate take place even though she still voted for McCarthy and she's upset with Jordan but she'll vote for Jordan. She was going to vote present but they begged her to vote so she had to vote for someone so the first time around she voted for Massey. It's hard to right in in her head as she explains it there there's there's this rationale that covers all of it. But I think for the electorate it's very hard to follow. Then you have, in in the 5th District, a series of candidates. Now, I'm not trying to exclude anybody here. Uh, Chuck Goodrich, uh, I think, right now is in the lead in the 5th District because of of an MID of Gaylor Electric and and a great amount of financing behind him. Max Engling worked in McCarthy's office when he was Speaker as the uh, Director of Member Services. Dude knows where the bodies are buried. Young guy, 36, 37, family man, went to IUPUI from here. He's got he's got a great personal story. Just entered this race, and I think he's gonna make some serious splash. There's a series of other candidates, and I will get with all of them. Because the fifth now becomes in a primary, the fifth becomes really fascinating. Especially if Victoria Sparks decides to get back in the race. Which brings us to the point that I want to make. Even if she does, I don't think she scares anybody out. Two months ago, if Victoria Sparks had gotten into this race, she could have moved out everybody except maybe for Chuck Goodrich. I don't know the man. I've only met him once, so I'm not quite sure. Today, I don't think she moves out anyone. That is a fascinating thing to witness. That two months ago, if she had gotten back in, everyone would have said, good, and whoop, gone. Not today. Now, someone could argue, oh, it's a good opportunity for the Democrats. No, it's not. The Democrats had everything going for them and ran Christina Hale, the most normal of the Indiana Democratic Party, 
in terms of being at least polite and pleasant. And they still couldn't win the fifth against Victoria Sparks, who wasn't necessarily well-liked at the time and is difficult to understand because of her accent. And that still, the Democrats could not beat Victoria Sparks. And then, of course, in, in the re-elect in 2022, she would have beaten anybody because she had made a name for herself in D.C. Two years later, I don't think anybody's getting out of this primary. But it doesn't leave an opening for the political left. The primary itself, it could be fascinating. I think it'll be interesting anyway with the, you've got some really interesting conversations going on, some interesting people. But if she gets in, I'm sorry, this primary is going to be the most amazing primary in the country. It's going to happen in our backyard. I'm watching it. I will be covering everything at noon on Tony Katz today. Kendall and Casey are up next.